uh, we're going to continue our series called Discovering God. And uh, in this series, we're going to look at everyday encounters that people had with Jesus Christ. And hopefully, we're going to discover God by looking at the life of Jesus. Amen? Uh, up to this point, we've looked at the hymn woman. We saw how Jesus responded to her. And then uh, last week, we looked at the leper, and we saw how Jesus responded to a leper. Well, today, we're going to talk about a bunch of 12, 12 guys that we're going to take the gospel of Jesus to the world. So we're going to talk about 12 guys. Everybody say the disciples. Everybody say the disciples. How many know they had lots of encounters with Jesus? They saw a lot of stuff, amen? Well, this week and next week, we're going to look at two encounters that the disciples had. And uh, today we're going to look at an encounter that the disciples had in going through a storm. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the scripture, Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, it'll begin to come on the screen. <clears throat> As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, and I want you to notice what he said next. Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. How many know that when you're with Jesus, that you're going somewhere? Anybody out there say amen? When Jesus gets with you, you're going somewhere. It might be over a mountain or across the sea, or it might be to somebody's house or to a city. But when you get hooked up with Jesus, you are no longer stuck. You're no longer stuck, but you're going somewhere. Somebody say amen. So they took Jesus in the boat, and they started to leave out. Leaving the crowds together, look at this, although a few boats tried to follow. But soon, a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill the boat up with water. Look at this. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat. Some even say at the stern or underneath the stern. And look at this. With his head on a cushion or his head on his pillow. I hadn't even noticed that till this week when I was looking at that. His head was on a pillow. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you even care that we're going to drown? Don't you even care what's going on here? When Jesus woke up, woke up, look what he did. It says he rebuked the wind. He rebuked the wind and he said to the waves, Silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. I want you to everybody say there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? The Bible says the disciples were absolutely terrified. They weren't afraid of the storm. Now they were just had a reverence, awesome fear of the Lord. And they said, who is this man? They asked each other, who is this guy? Even the winds and the waves obey him. So we're going to learn some things about storms today, and we're going to learn about how we can get through and how we can navigate through storms. Number one, I want to talk about the predictability of storms, the predictability of storms. In our scripture in 437, it says, but soon a fierce storm came up, high, high waves were breaking into the boat, and, the, and it began to be filled with water and began to sink. You know, you probably don't know this about me, but I can predict the weather. 
I can predict the weather. Um, as you learn more things about me, you're going to see all these unique qualities that you just wouldn't believe. But I can predict the weather, okay? I can't tell you when or where, kind of like our weathermen, <laughs> when or where the weather's going to hit. But I can tell you that if you live on the planet Earth, how many know that storms will hit? How many say I've been through major storms? How many said I've been through some fierce storms? Anybody out there? Anybody been through a tornado? Anybody been through an uh, earthquake? Really? Anybody been through a hurricane? Any hurricane people, raise up your hand. But how many, uh, there's storms. But today, I don't want to just talk about a physical storm. I also want to talk about spiritual storms. And just how we know that we are going to have physical storms, how many know that we're going to have spiritual storms in life? How many believe that and we know that? How many of you would say, Pastor Ashley, I'm in a spiritual storm right now. I'm having the battle for my life right now. I'm fighting for my kids or I'm fighting for my marriage or I'm fighting for my business. Somebody would say, who would say, I'm in the battle of my life today? So when Jesus was talking about storms, he said this. Look at Matthew chapter 7. I love this scripture. How many know where I'm going in Matthew 7 verse 24? Amen. We learned this even as kids. Therefore, Jesus said, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I'm going to liken them to a wise man who builds his house upon a rock. The rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew, beat on the house. We're talking about a spiritual storm. The rain came. The flood came. The winds blew. My house is getting beat on, but it did not fall, for it was founded upon the rock. But everyone who hears these saying of mine, and everybody say, does not do them, does not do them. He'll be like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. Rains came, floods came, winds blew, beat the house, and it fell. And great was its fall. It was a bad fall. It was a terrible fall. And so it was when Jesus ended, ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching because he taught with authority as somebody that knew what was going on. Have you, how many have heard this passage of Scripture before? Anybody out there? I've, I know this Scripture. I've heard of this passage. Well, let me tell you something that I wish that it said. I wish that it said that the Scripture would have said it like this. If you hear my words and you don't do them, a storm is going to come and your house will fall. But if you hear my words and you do them, when the storm comes, it's just going to go around you. It's just going to go around you. You're not going to have to deal with that. I wished I could say that, but I can't. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. The winds blow, the storms hit on the just and the unjust. Some of you will even say, man, Jesus is in my boat. I've been trying to do the right thing. I've been going to church. I'm putting his, his word first, his will first. And man, it seems like all hell has broke loose since I started living for the Lord. Well, praise God. Because you're in a storm for the Lord, and the Lord's in your boat, and we're going to get through our storms. Amen? Everybody's going to have storms. You know what this is teaching us? If you, if you want to sum it up, the storm's going to hit the believer, the unbeliever. We're all going to do it. The only difference, if you're a believer here today, if you're hearing and obeying, and you're giving reverence to the word of the Lord, your house will stand. Your relationships will stand. Your marriage will stand. You may be in the fight of your life, but somebody says, it will stand because I am founded on the rock, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 
That's the difference that we're talking about. If you build your house on the rock, on the Lord, on his word, on the principles of the, sto- of the word, when the storm comes, you will make it through. But listen, the storm is coming. The storm is coming. This passage doesn't teach the probability of storms. It teaches the certainty of storms. Even in the Bible, it says, Jesus said this. He said, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. Everybody say shalom. Shalom peace. That means a peace that that God just scatters the enemy. Let God arise. The enemy's still around, but there's a peace. You're at the pillow in the stern with Jesus. You may have peace. In this world, you will have tribulation. You will have sorrow and troubles and trials and hardships. But be of good cheer. Be brave. <laughs> My grandson always says, Granddad, Granddad, be, be, great. be brave, Granddad. Granddad, be brave. I don't know where he got that. Ames always comes up to me and says, Granddad, be brave. Granddad, be brave. And I always hear him when I'm lacking confidence or feeling insecurity. I'll hear my granddad say, Granddad, be brave. Let me hear you guys hear me say, be brave today. Be confident. Because Jesus said, I have overcome the world. And someone say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. Amen. He works all things better for my good. So storms will come even when Jesus is in your boat. I wish I could say you'll have smooth sailing and no storms, but I can't. However, I can say be brave, obey his word. You're going to make it through every hardship. So the first thing we're learning in this passage is storms are not probable. They are certain. They are certain to happen. Next thing I want you to talk. I changed this up in the last few days because... Man, I've just been enjoying getting in these stories and meditating on them. But here's my next point. Let's look at the next point. You'll have to write this down because it may be different in your notes. The progression of a storm. Every storm has a progression. I want you to see even in this story how there was a progression through the storm. Um, I've told some of you, some of you heard me say this before, but I used to be afraid of storms. I mean, unnaturally afraid of storms. I'm talking sophomore, junior, even a senior. Still embarrassed, 53 years old, embarrassed to say this, but I used to be petrified of storms. Um, I grew up in Missouri, and uh, we get those tornadoes that come across Oklahoma and Kansas. In southwest Missouri, we get those tornadoes. How many remember the Joplin tornado? I mean, that was my stomping grounds. We, we knew that town. And when that tornado hit, um, there was no stop signs, nothing. It was gone. We didn't even know where we were. I mean, so I, I've seen the destruction. I have seen barns tore down by tornadoes. Guys, does anybody know what straw is? You know, straw that you put on your garden? I have seen straw stuck in a wooden post. Seriously. From tornadoes and high winds, just driving it like a dart. I mean, I I have seen storms. So I grew up very afraid of storms. And when storms came, uh, it's different in Missouri. Storms are different. I haven't even experienced them out here. But they're different. It's like they're starting over in Pittsburgh, Kansas, or coming up through the Springfield area or wherever. It's coming up through Oklahoma. But you can hear them a long ways away. You can hear them. And there's there's this slight rumble. 
And then it continues to grow as it moves closer and closer. It gets louder. And then it starts, slaying, it starts swaying the, the, the trees that the wind's picked up. And it gets a little bit brighter and a little bit stronger and a little bit louder and a little bit stronger and a little bit louder. And then crash, the lightning hits. And now your panic is rising. Your fear and panic's there. My spider senses go out. And I'm on high alert. And I'm running up and I'm shutting the windows down. And as I'm shutting the windows down, the power's going out. And you're seeing flashes of lightning. And you're already scared to death. And and you're seeing things flying through the air and trees breaking. Seriously. It's progressing. I'm having anxiety attack and fear and trying to stay in my own bedroom because I'm a senior in high school and I'm embarrassed. But I find myself crawling up the stairs and getting by mom and dad's bed and putting my hand up so my dad can put his hand on me. And then I just ride out the storm. I just ride it out with fear and torment and dread and and thinking destruction's coming. The house is going to fall down. The tornado's coming. Fear grips me. And then it begins to go away just as it came. And you hear it get a little further away, and a little further away, and a little further away. You start calming down. You start calming down. And then you hear the rain coming off the house. Then you hear the rain coming off the trees. You begin to hear the frogs begin to chirp, and the crickets begin to chirp again because we were farmers. Or if it's in the morning, you hear the cattle again and the sheep. Because I was farmers, but then it's gone. But there's a progression. And then I ride it out and try to get to that peace. There's that progression. Even in the disciple storm, we see a progression of the, mind, of, of the storm. Keep in mind, these were commercial fishermen. They grew up on the water. They knew storms. They, knew, they, they, they navigated through eight-foot waves. I mean, they knew how to get through a storm but they knew this was a bad one coming they knew this was a bad one coming these guys grew up on the water they were comfortable they had no fear but they'd been in storms and they knew what this one might be they knew what this storm was able to do and how they navigated through it but they knew it was a bad one and as the storm began to form and grow and build they started out like this um anyone seen jesus anyone seen jesus uh, no, I haven't seen him. Storm's growing. Um, has anybody seen Jesus? Storm's growing. It's getting more, 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 more. Kind of like the one I... Hey, has any, anyone seen Jesus? We need to be looking for Jesus. Let's start looking for Jesus. Come on, everybody, look for Jesus. And then it builds more, and they know they're in trouble, and they're starting to fear for their life. And they're like, somebody needs to find Jesus, and we need to find him now. And then when they found him, he was sleeping. He was sleeping. And they're like, Lord, you don't care. Do you not care that we're about to die here? Do you not care what we're going through? Are you not concerned with our life? Are you not concerned that we're afraid, that we're fearful, that we don't know what's going on here? Wow, how could you be like that? Seriously? Seriously? Is the way they were. Think of what, about what they said to him. They were saying, we want to know where you've been. We want to know we're in trouble, and we want to know why you don't care, why you weren't here. How could you be sleeping when all of us are going through this? 
We're going through something here, and we couldn't find you. What's up with that, God? He said, don't you even know that we're perishing? Now, I don't know about you, but I've had that kind of dialogue before. I'll just admit it. I think all of us, if we'd admit it, when we go through things and the storm's progressing, we can get into some of that same kind of thinking that these disciples Maybe you're a young family in the middle of a storm. Your cars broke down. You find out your kids need money for school that week. You know your month's going to. You know your month's going to end with bills that need to be paid, and you're seeing your money go down. You're thinking, man, I don't have enough money to pay for these. How am I going to make ends meet? I don't want to get behind again. Um, anybody know where Jesus is? Uh, anybody know where he's at? I've already had to use the credit card last month. I don't want to use the credit card again because we're trying not to use the credit card. And get this, I have even started paying tithe at church. I've even started giving at church. Can somebody please tell me where Jesus is? Can somebody please find Jesus for me? Or maybe you just lost your job of 20 years. You have to start all over again. Thankfully, you have some good savings. Your, set, your family will be fine and you're okay at first. Months go by and you're starting to see the savings go down a little bit. And job interviews, there was a whole bunch, but they seem to get less and less as you keep going forward. You're a couple more. You're getting to where you're like, man, I just got a couple months of savings less left. Anybody seen Jesus? How much longer can this last? What's going to happen? Doesn't God care? Hey! Where's Jesus? What changes are we going to have to make? How are we going to make it through this? How are we going to pay the bills, take care of things? Can't anybody see my suffering? Does Jesus not care? Can somebody find Jesus? We all get there. Maybe you're a young adult wanting a family, wanting to be married. Or maybe you're single again and you don't want to spend your life alone. Maybe it begins with a desire. It begins, but you go to a friend that's getting engaged, and you're like, I should be happy for them. Or you see them get married, and you're like, man, I can't have joy because I wanted to be married. Jesus, I want to have a family. I want to have some kids. And then your grandma comes up and says, do you have a boyfriend yet? When you getting married, when are you going to give me some of them grandbabies? And that leads, God, where are you? You know the desire of my heart. You know I want to have a family. I'm not getting any younger here, you know. Don't you understand? Where are you? Where is he for me, God? Where is she? God, where are you? Progression of a storm. Last one, I, wrote, I just wrote down four little stories that I just thought up out of my head. Seems like I'm going through a lot of loss lately. Family members passed away just a year ago, two years ago, and another one just passed away a few months back. A friend I've had for life, man, they're kind of starting to see someone, so they don't really have the time for me. I'm, I'm having loss everywhere. It just seems like I'm having loss anymore. Plus, my relationship with my spouse, it's not going well at all. It's so cold. We haven't even been intimate for months there's more interest in the kids. There's more interest in other things than me. Man, I've been so lonely. Where are you at, Jesus? I've asked you to fix my marriage. I've, I feel so lonely. I've been crossing lines on social media that I shouldn't be crossing. I've been 
doing some, getting in some relationships and going some places that I really shouldn't be. I'm getting hit, and I'm getting hit hard. Where's Jesus? Can someone find Jesus for me? So what I wanted to do is I wanted to show you today that there's a predictability of storms. We're all going to have them. And then I wanted to show some stories. I just made those stories up. I wanted you to see the progression of storms. And really what the disciples did is not outside of the very same things we do. We do the same thing. You insert your story. And you're like, hey, anyone seen Jesus? Um, anyone, anyone know where he's at? Um, I need to start looking for him. Maybe some of you are starting to look. You're at church today. I've I, I got to get some answers. I got to get some relief. I got to get some hope. You're looking for Jesus. And we're going to talk about something else on that. But that brings me to my third point. What can we learn from this story? We see the predictability that storms are going to happen. We see the progression. Now, what can we learn from it? We learn, how can we learn to handle this storm? Look at this. When Jesus woke up, this is verse 39. It may not be on the screen because I switched this ending all up. About 4 o'clock in the morning this morning. Because what I'm getting ready to preach to you, I've never preached this or even thought of it. And I haven't heard anybody else preach this next section. This, is, this was very eye-opening to me. The Lord just dropped this in my spirit this morning. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the waves, and he said, silence, be still. I want you to notice he rebuked the wind and the waves. He didn't rebuke the disciple. He rebuked the wind. He rebuked the wave. He loved the disciple. Okay? First, he spoke to the storm. He spoke to it. And I think that we need to speak to our storms. We need to speak to our, we need to say to our mountain, like Mark 11 says, mountain, be thou removed and cast in the sea. You're supposed to say those things with your mouth. You're supposed to, so Jesus taught us that. So something we can learn in this story is get in agreement with God and speak to our mountain. Speak to our mountain. Okay. And then, um, and then uh, here, here's something um, Jesus said. Then he asked them, why are you... Uh, oh, oh, he said, speak to the mountain. He said, science be still. And, and then we learned the second things that when we speak to our mountain, that suddenly the wind can stop and there's a great calm. Okay? Here's where I want to get to. I want to talk about the potential of storms. Storms are an opportunity for spiritual growth. Storms are an opportunity. It's an opportunity. He, look at this. Then he asked them. First he said, when he woke up, he rebuked the wind and the waves and said, silence, be still. And then immediately he said this. Then he asked them, the disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still, stills the big word, do you still have no faith? Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Now, question that I want to ask you. Do, do you think Jesus knew a storm was coming? Yes or no? Of course he did. Well, why didn't he say, hey, guys, a storm's coming. Let's get in the boat. Let's not go out tonight. Let's stay on the land tomorrow. After the storm's pass, we'll go out. Guys, if we cross now, we're going to get in the middle of the storm. It's not going to be good. He didn't say that. He went down the stern of the boat, went to sleep. Is it possible that storms are a time of spiritual growth? 
Is it possible that he allowed the disciples in this storm because he knew that they had, they still were afraid. They still had fear. He knew they still had fear and he wanted them to have faith. Is it possible so that when they were faced with fear that they could learn to have strong faith in the middle of the storm? Is it possible that Jesus knows the storm that you're in right now? And he's not preventing it. He's in the boat with you. And I also want you to remember this. He's, not, he's in the boat. And I want you to remember this. He's asleep on the boat. We're going to talk about that. How could he be sleeping? We're going to talk about that. He's with you in your boat, but he is asleep. So, is this possible? Listen, this wasn't Jesus' first time of dealing with the, with the fear and the lack of faith in his disciples. This wasn't the first, this wasn't the first rodeo. This wasn't the first time around this block. Jesus had dealt with this time after time after, with the tormented b- boy. Guys, where's your faith? Why were you afraid? Why didn't you cast that devil out? You, you could do that. I've given you time and time. This wasn't his first, it wasn't his first time around the mountain. The lack of trust they had and how every time the storm that they would get, they would get attacked with, they would turn to fear instead of faith. Listen, but God had bigger things for these guys to do. These were going to be the 12 guys that took what we have today to a world. So he had to grow them up. God had bigger things for them to do, but he couldn't do them until they dealt with his fear. So he allowed the storm so faith could be built. Storms are an opportunity to get a, listen, storms are an opportunity to get a repeated behavior, a repeated attitude, a repeated cancer that eats you away every time. I'm not talking about physical cancer. A repeated weakness, a repeated action, a repeated habit, a repeated cycle broken, a repeated habit broken, so you can start a new path. Jesus is waiting for another storm and another opportunity. Listen, where we get to a point that we're looking to find him. If they're in a storm, a lot of you don't look for him. You get living your own thing, running and gunning, doing your own thing. Jesus, the last thing on your mind. You get in some trouble, you're trying to find Jesus. Um, anyone seen Jesus? We need, we need to find Jesus. And then you start looking for Jesus. Okay? Are you all with me today? Uh, because we know we need to find him and then wake him up for help so he can rebuke the wind and the wave and cause a peace to somehow come in my life. Think about this. The wind and the waves, they are examples of, and they're, they're examples of issues, sins, wrong behaviors, wrong attitudes, wrong mindsets, hurts, habits, hang-ups. Finding him and waking him up so he can help us is an example of getting us to a place of openness. Getting us to a place of reflection. Get us to a place where we have ears to listen, to where we seek him out to find him, and we can honestly say, can you help me? Can you help me with my marriage? I'm humbled right now. Can you help me with this addiction? 
Can you help me with my business? Can you help me with these problems that have spun out of my control? I need your help. Wake him up. Wake him up. By the way, Jesus is never upset that you wake him up. He's upset that we continue to hurt ourselves and others and that we have pain and torment. Jesus, hey, I'm telling you, this storm is just another storm. Another opportunity to knock the head in fear and get these disciples in a place where he needed them to be. So that's why he was asleep. It wasn't he didn't care. It wasn't he didn't know what was going on. It was, well, let me just wait till these people get to a place where they want to hear, hear the truth. Where, where they want to hear what can really help them. You know what? I can tell two seconds when I sit down with somebody if they want help or not. The ones that run from person after person to counselor after counselor to this person and that pastor to this pastor and that pastor, you could add Jesus in that list and it wouldn't do a lick of good. Because you don't want to hear it. And you keep going back to the repeated thing. Somebody, that's why even people exalt pastors too much and that we know so much and I think the reason counselors maybe have a little bit of a shot is because you're paying them and you're like, well, this person knows something and you got a little bit of faith, they might be able to help you out. So you put your guard down, you open up a little bit, but then you do that a while and they start putting their thumb on it and you're like, they don't know what they're talking about. Let me just go through another storm. I saw last night, that's the only place in scripture where you see he's asleep. He's not asleep on duty. He's asleep waiting for you to come with a heart of openness. Man, God spoke that to me last night. I'd never seen that. He said, why are you? And, and once you do that, once you do that, once you get to that place, then he'll stand up and say, I break that wave. I break that wind. Silence, be still in Jesus' name. Whew. And it'll happen. It'll happen every time. It'll happen every time. In fact, I don't even want you to get so much on you saying the, the word. Because we're talking about you getting in a place where you want to hear some truth. But the minute you get to a place where you shall know the truth, John 8, and it says, and the truth will set you free. There's a freedom in truth. There's a peace in that. It's just another storm. In fact, you can read about another one. You read about another one. Jesus just fed 5,000 5, people bread and loaves, which was probably 25,000 because the women and children weren't counted. There was another storm. They freaked out the same way and did the same episode. And they did the same episode with the basket between their legs of all the extra that they got from the two fish and the loaves. It was between their legs. A miracle just happened, and it was even between their legs, and they were still freaking at the storm. No, full of fear and no faith. What's going on here? What's going on here? I, the Lord said, why are you afraid? Do you still, everybody say still. You still have no faith is him saying. Do you still have no faith? 
is him saying, are you ready for some real change? Or are we going to march around this same mountain, this same cycle, this same pattern, this same behavior again? Then the storm will come. We'll freak out in fear. Then we'll get mad at God that he doesn't care. Ask him where he's at. We need to look for him. Then we finally get to a point where we seek him out and we look for him to help us in his love. He rebukes the wind and the waves, gives us peace again. We experience a complete peace and joy. But my question is, how long are we going to hold it? I know somebody got a victory last week. And already out the door by the end of the day. We'll go through it again. And I'll be on your boat. I'm going to take a rest. When you're ready, just wake me up. Rebuke the wind and the wave. You'll have peace again. You'll get what you need. Which brings me to the last thing. 1986 in April in Lamar, Missouri. Storm hit. I was at Granny and Granddad's house. My mom was there. And my brother was there. The news was on. They were saying, we've located a tornado. It's coming right for Barton County. It's not only coming for Barton County, it's coming for Lamar, Missouri. Ooh, siren start. I was an 18-year, the, uh, the, I walked, and it was even daylight. And it starts getting dark, and the wind's coming, and the house is starting to shake. Remember the progression. Here it comes again. I've been fighting this fear for years. Run up to mom and dad's as a senior in high school. Now at granny and granddad's in the daytime. Ooh, tyrant's going off. I start, <laughs> I start freaking out. <laughs> and I just started running. Granny and granddad had like something in the middle. I just start running. <laughs> I was just running a circle. In the, and mom would grab me and say, you're acting like an idiot. Why don't you grow up? What, and trying, and, and my brother's like, look at the baby. <laughs> Just freaking out. True story. And then all of a sudden, my granddad, sitting in his whitey tidies with his shirt off, big old country boy, I'm running, and he goes, whoop, and just grabs my arm. Whoop, just stops me, dead stop. And he says, Jesus, help him. I never heard my granddad pray. Didn't even know he knew the Lord, really. He went to church all the time. He was a quiet man. But guys, that time, it stuck. A peace came over me. This tornado went through and did its destruction. But I was at peace. And I was at rest. And storms have come after that as the worship team comes. Storms have come after that. Even as an adult married. I, I'm going to tell you I don't get nervous at first. But then I just. The Lord is my shepherd. Shall not want. He makes me lie down. 
I just, I got it. I got it. There's a scripture in the Old Testament with the Israelites that, that Moses led out. How many know Ten Commandments and Moses and all that? They were going around this same mountain over and over and over. And finally the Lord said, Moses, would you tell them you have compassed this mountain long enough? You have went around this mountain long enough. Go northward. Go northward. What I want to ask you today is how many of you want to go northward? How many of you want to start addressing some things in your personal relationship with God? Heads bowed and eyes closed. How many of you want to start addressing personal issues, problems, things in your relationship with God? I want to talk about that first. How many say, I need to do that? Let me see your hands all over this place. Man, I need to address some personal things with the Lord. How many say, with every head now, eyes bowed, head bowed and eyes closed? I don't want anybody looking around, please. Show respect to people. I want to get some... To me, if you preach and there's no action, we've wasted everybody's time. Let's act on the Word of God. How many say, man, I'm in a relationship? I've got a relationship that... It, I'm fighting for my life right now to keep my marriage. I'm fighting for my life to keep a relationship. Are you to a place where you've been? Oh, where's Jesus? Um, can somebody find Jesus? Are you to a place that you can wake him up and you can quit looking at your spouse and pointing everything out about them? Are you to a place where Jesus can say, can I talk about this wind in you? Can I talk about this wave? Can I speak to those things and break them in your life? Can I break your... May I keep hearing this. Can I break your controlling spirit? Can I break your lustful heart? Can I break your pride that you know everything? Can I, can I do that? If not, I'm going to go on back to sleep. But if you're looking for me, I can break, I can make the wind and the wave stop. If you need the wind and the wave to stop in a relationship, lift your hands to the Lord. Nobody's looking around. I need the wind and the wave to do something in my relationship. Thank you. God sees those hands all over this house. Amen. What is your storm today? What is your storm today? Jesus is never upset if you wake him up. He's upset that you're living life in torment. And you're not living it full. Right now where you're at, just begin to give things to the Lord. That's the only way I know how to tell you. Begin to just give your issue. Give your problems. Give your cares give your concerns to the Lord give your stubbornness to the Lord ask God to give your heart say Lord whatever it takes to serve you I'm willing to do it whatever it takes to make things work in relationship whatever it takes for me to be set free of addictions 
today, Lord. Right now, by the authority of Jesus Christ's name, I rebuke wind and storms. Right now, by the authority of Jesus Christ, the storm that's in your life, I rebuke the wind and I rebuke the wave and I command it to be still right now in Jesus' name. By the authority of Jesus Christ, if you are addicted to substance or you're addicted in some way or you have crossed some lines, I release the forgiveness of God to you. The righteousness of Christ comes to you. In Jesus' name, we break every sin. We break every stronghold. We break every stronghold. We break everything that's holding you. If you're in chains, they're opening right now in Jesus' name. By the authority of Jesus' name. There's a scripture that says that when you preach, don't let it be with words, but be with demonstration of power. So salvation of people isn't in the wisdom of man. It's in the power of God. Lord, I pray that today would not be just a sermon of words. Lord, I pray there would be a demonstration of power to the hearer right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want you to exercise faith and believe that you're changed right now. I want you to believe that your relationship's healed. I want you to believe your relationship's healed with God. I want you to believe your relationship's healed with others. If you've been addicted, if you've got a problem out of control, I want you to believe God's taking care of it. In fact, tell God, say, say right now, say, God, I know that you cause all things to work together for my good. In Jesus' name. Give the Lord a hand clap today.